This is the Meatbag Podcast with Dylan Bedany. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 12 of Meatbag. I'm your host, Dylan Bettany, and this week we're going on a dairy voyage discussing the holy trinity of lactose-induced adventures, milk, cheese and yoghurt. Get ready for an episode that's so rich and buttery you might need a lie down. So grab a glass, a cheese knife, possibly your lactose pills and join me on this dairy adventure. Humans have been consuming dairy products for thousands of years. Our ancestors loved dairy. Scientists analysed the plaque from the teeth of the skeletons of Neolithic farmers and they found traces of milk protein. Our ancestors were survival experts. They didn't have nutritionists or dietitians. They relied on their instincts. They chose foods that sustained them and one of those cornerstone foods was milk. Fast forward to today, currently 549 million metric tonnes of milk is consumed each year. India consumes the most, drinking over 87 million metric tonnes of cow milk. Did you know there are over 1,500 different types of cheese? The US might be the heavyweight champion in cheese production, but the French are the biggest consumers of cheese. They typically eat 25 kilos of cheese per person per year. That's child's play or c'est ton jeu d'enfant. I'm eating more than that. I ate a whole tub of cottage cheese this morning before I started recording this episode. Milk contains almost every single nutrient that your body needs. The nutritional composition is highly complex. It's an excellent source of high quality protein. It's important for muscle growth and repair, casein and whey, the dynamic duo of dairy proteins delivering all the essential amino acids. It's a great source of carbs too, mainly in the form of lactose, which we will come to in a minute. It's one of the best dietary sources of calcium and phosphorus. The power couple for bones and teeth, helping prevent conditions like osteoporosis. Vitamin D, as well as helping the body absorb calcium. Vitamin D plays a pivotal role in cardiovascular health, supports the immune system, reduces the risk of infections and helps regulate self-growth. Riboflavin, potassium, vitamin A, vitamin B12 too. B12 is essential for the formation of red blood cells, DNA synthesis, cognitive health, nerve function. It plays a vital role in preventing megaloblastic anemia. It's like the Avengers of nutrition, but in a glass. Skimmed milk and whole milk have almost the same carbs, same protein, very negligible calorie difference too. The only difference is the fat content. The difference in fat between skimmed milk and full fat milk or whole milk is less than 4 grams. Fat isn't bad. Fat is not the villain it's been painted as. Dietary fats are vital for overall health, aiding nutrient absorption, brain function, maintaining cellular structure, supporting hormone production. Fats also provide insulation and protection for organs. Milk contains various fats including saturated fats, monounsaturated fats and polyunsaturated fats. I'd argue dairy is up there with man inventing the wheel, discovering fire and Stallone writing Rocky. No wonder dairy milk has been a staple of our diets for such a long time. And it's weird because when we think of dogs, right, we kind of see them as man-made. Bred by us, humans. If you've ever thought, oh, what a cute little pug. We made that pug. It didn't stroll out of the wilderness like that. We've been playing Dr. Frankenstein with dog breeds for thousands of years. Dogs themselves are a product of natural evolution. But many specific traits, whether it's size, temperament, appearance, working abilities, or pudgy cuteness, are all the result of human intervention. Turns out, we've been playing Build-A-Bear with cows too. Dogs from wolves, cows from aurochs. 
If you're not aware, aurochs were these huge, formidable animals with long, curved horns that became extinct in the 17th century. However, over thousands of years, we as humans bred aurochs for meat and milk production, leading to the domestication of cattle. We turned them into the docile, grass-chomping cows we have today. Let's talk about versatility. Is milk overrated? Is it really that versatile? Well, you can pour it on your morning coffee or on your cereal. You can dip cookies in it. You can make yogurt out of milk. Greek yogurt in particular is a rich source of protein. Some Greek yogurts pack 10 grams of protein per 100 gram, which is crazy when you can easily smash a 500 gram pot in about 60 seconds. Greek yogurt contains live probiotic cultures, promoting a healthy gut microbiome and aiding in digestion. You can make Icelandic yogurt, skia, Bulgarian yogurt, Middle Eastern yogurt like Lebna. We also have lassi, kefir, amasi, paneer, quark, butter, ghee. You can make creams, single, double, whipping, sour cream, creme fraiche, ice cream, cream cheese, cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese. It's my longest relationship. Cottage cheese is also an excellent source of high quality protein it's also low in carbs too so it's great if you're following a low carb keto or carnivore type diet cottage cheese can be used in sweet and savory dishes i make a killer white chocolate cheesecake with it almost every day you can also make cheese from milk as well you can enjoy cheddar mozzarella parmesan gouda fontina edam gruyere ricotta if you're making a rich indulgent tiramisu you can spoon in the mascarpone i don't know what's better the gooiness of camembert the crumbliness of feta or the softness of a pineapple and almond cream cheese ring fuck it i'm eating these all on christmas day I'd argue, with the exception of blue cheeses like Stilton or Gorgonzola, no judgement if that's your jam, but I'm not putting anything with a blue vein in my mouth. Cheese is the greatest food of all time. You can travel the world through cheese without ever leaving your couch. Honestly, if the world was ending and a huge meteorite was hurtling towards the earth, I'd grab some cheese from the fridge and I'd watch the world burn. Everything is better with cheese on it. Even bacon tastes better with melted cheese on it. Life is too short to deny yourself the pleasure of a perfectly gooey toasted cheese sandwich. It's like a concert. If bread is the stage and your taste buds are the audience, then the melted cheese is Taylor Swift, the main act. As much as I love cheese, I am against shop-bought grated cheese. You see, some people in this world can have cheese in the fridge, are you ready for this, long enough that it gets mould on it. Those pleasure delayers can get out the trusty cheese knife and cut off the mould a bit and carry on their cheese adventure. But you can't do that with grated cheese. You can't sit there with your dentist's magnifier, a scalpel, tweezers and check every strand for mould. So some manufacturers add antifungal agents like netamycin to help preserve the cheese for longer. I'm not saying it's every manufacturer of grated cheese, but as it's a pesticide and it's not an actual ingredient, so it won't show up on the ingredients list, regardless of whether it's safe or not, I don't want pesticides in my food. Health professionals, doctors, nutritionists, dietitians, personal trainers, fitness influencers were all advising people to move more, get more exercise, and people can't summon the energy to grate their own cheese. We are literally outsourcing cheese grating. What's next? Pre-chewed food? Listen, unless you are elderly or have a physical impairment that stops you grating your own cheese, if not, put your big cheese grating pants on and do it yourself. Anyway, I should address the elephant in the room. Some people 
can't handle dairy products. It's like a digestive rebellion happening in their stomach. It's like being allergic to happiness. It's important to know that lactose intolerance and a milk allergy are two very different beasts. So lactose is a sugar found in milk and dairy products. Lactose intolerance is where the body lacks enough of the enzyme lactase which is needed to properly digest lactose. Without enough lactase in the body, undigested lactose can cause a whole host of digestive problems such as fats, diarrhea, stomach pains, a bloated belly and possibly spending some time on the porcelain throne. Most people who develop lactose intolerance is after the age of five. Some babies can have a temporary breast milk sensitivity because their body can't yet break down lactose. And breast milk actually has more lactose than cow's milk. Cow's milk, on average, has around 5 grams of lactose per 100 ml, whereas breast milk has 7.5 ml of lactose per 100 ml. Most babies can digest around 70 grams of lactose, which is roughly about a litre of milk a day. When it comes to your baby's health, always speak to a medical professional. It's important to note that lactose intolerance is different from a milk allergy. Lactose intolerance is when the body has an inability to fully break down lactose. However, a milk allergy is very different. It's not sugar that's the issue, but actually protein, such as casein and whey. And it's not that it's simply some people can't digest these proteins. Their bodies see these milk proteins as harmful, like an intruder in the body. It goes into defense mode and releases chemicals like histamine, which is your body's way of sounding the alarm. It's like a full-scale biochemical showdown. Common symptoms are abdominal pain, diarrhea, wind, similar to lactose intolerance but with swelling, itching, hives and in severe cases anaphylactic shock. If lactose is the issue, lacto-free milk might be your saviour. It's like regular milk but with less of the digestive drama. You can still enjoy the creamy goodness without your stomach staging a protest and in a world of lacto-free milk we have lacto-free cream, cheese and yogurts too. If you're thinking, well, what about soy milk or oat milk or almond milk or coconut milk or all those other milks, alternative milks will get their own episode soon. But this is a dairy episode and those fake milks aren't dairy. In conclusion, dairy remains a cornerstone of our diets. Not only is it packed with essential nutrients, it offers a diverse range of flavours and textures through cheeses, creams and yoghurts. Although dairy can bring digestive issues to some, this doesn't overshadow its historical significance in human history. Dairy isn't just a staple of nourishment, it's a cultural celebration. It serves as a reminder that despite our differences, our shared love for food unites us. I think I'm going to make a toasted cheese sandwich. See you next week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm super pumped to have this podcast. I'm here to help you through the unbelievable world of healthy eating. Fad diets, TikTok trends. I'll be debunking myths and deciphering Brenda from Work's food recommendations. Here, we'll cut through the fluff and the nonsense, possibly some oversharing, definitely some ranting. But I promise it's going to be eye-opening. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay safe, everybody. This is the Meatbag Podcast with Dylan Bedany.